has it felt like you've been running on weary? Your tank is nearing empty. You're kind of rejoicing. There's just a little bit left of the year. Um, have you ever thought, uh, as this year has been going on, like my father-in-law used to say, let's take a mulligan? How about a do-over? It's, it's, it's been a tough year, tough two years. And I'll be honest with you, I have not had as difficult a period of time in ministry since uh, back in the middle 90s. 1994-5. In 41 years, just two really, really difficult time periods. And this is one of the two. It's been very difficult. And I know it has been for many of you, if not most. Um, to be honest, I've experienced a lot of uh, disappointment, a lot of discouragement, confusion, much confusion. Uh, it's been a time of, of great loss, right? More, more than we've experienced that one short period of time than before. Some, some great loss, some great grief, um, emotional pain. I think you could call it that, emotional pain, um, wondering what's going on, asking questions like, what's next? You know, you wake up in the morning, who's next? Um, it's just been that kind of period of time. And uh, I have to say that there have been times where I've been tempted to get really angry Fortunately, at those times, I've remembered what I read somewhere that said, whatever you get mad at owns you. And that's been a big deterrent for me. I don't want to be owned by anything but God Almighty. And so, uh, thank God I've been able to resist that temptation. Um, but you could all share. We could have a real downer time here if we just opened it up to share about the last couple of years and what it's been like for us. Um, but I want to talk about something today that's, um, well, it's called gritty gratitude. All right? It's called gritty gratitude. And uh, I'll tell you what that is in just a little while. But right now I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Because as I've been going through all of this in the last uh, couple of years and experiencing the different feelings and the different issues and, and wondering what's going on and why is it going on and um, why are people doing what they're doing and why are they thinking like they're thinking and why are they responding like they're responding and just the whys and, and all this stuff, when will it be over? You know, asking all those when, why questions. Uh, then you come to a place like Ephesians chapter 5. And Ephesians 5.20 says this, 
always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I look at that, always giving thanks for everything. And I ask, how? How can we do that? Always for everything? So then I think, well, maybe that's just one place. That's just an odd scripture. Take a look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And here it's verse 18, 1 Thessalonians 5:18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I ask, how? How can I do that? How can we do that? And then I think, okay, now I'm done reading stuff like that. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, starting in verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Live the life overflowing with thankfulness. And again, the question is, how do I do that? How do we do that? Based on all that we've been going through, based on all that's been happening around us, how do I give thanks always? How do I give thanks for everything? How do I give thanks in all circumstances? How can I be a person who is overflowing (laughs) with thankfulness? That's quite a picture, isn't it? Overflowing with thankfulness. It's not just leaking out. It's overflowing with thankfulness. That's what we're taught. How do we do that? Well, the answer is it takes gritty gratitude. A guy named Tony Evans has been used by God now twice to impact my life greatly. God used him back in 1996 to impact me and keep me in the ministry when I had some doubts, to keep me here in Embarrass when I had some doubts. And God took me to Atlanta, Georgia to listen to Tony Evans, whom he used to recall me. And uh, it was a turning point in my ministry. And just in the last weeks, God has chosen to use Tony Evans again. I picked up his, his newest book called Divine Disruption. It's a book that he and his four adult children have written together about their experiences in the last few years. Since July of 2018... They have lost, Tony Evans has lost eight relatives. And none to COVID. 
In July of 2018, his 38-year-old niece just passed away. Healthy. Died in her sleep. Shortly after that, Tony Evans' brother died. Then his sister died. And her husband, Tony's brother-in-law, who couldn't live without her, passed away. Shortly after that, Tony Evans' uncle died. And at Thanksgiving time of 2019, his father passed away. Through that entire year of 2019, Tony Evans' wife, Lois, was battling cancer. And they tried everything. They went all over the country trying everything they could find out about to help her. Nothing worked. They thought God was going to heal her miraculously. But at Christmas of 2019, a month after Tony Evans lost his dad, his wife died. And a week after his wife died, first part of January in 2020, his daughter, Priscilla Shire, had major surgery to remove part of her lung because they found lung cancer and had to remove a tumor. And she, she's doing fine. But all of that was from July 2018 to January of 2020, he lost all those family members. And then March of 2020 came, just a month and a half later. And everything was shut down, including his church. And he had to walk through the whole confusion of COVID. I want to read you the whole book. No, I don't want to read you the whole book. I want to read just a few paragraphs here. He says, after telling this story, he says, I have devoted my life to study and prayer. Let me share a hard truth I have discovered along the way. God can be difficult to understand. His ways do not always make sense to mortal men. Sometimes he will explain, but often he does not. We can ask God questions, but we cannot question God. Let me read that again. We can ask God questions, but we cannot question God. Asking a question is something like, God, would you please help me to understand this situation? Can you show me some kind of purpose or good that can come out of this pain? But to question God, that's to challenge his authority. A low view of God in crisis means the crisis can own you. A high view of God says the crisis no longer has the last word. I cannot deny the circumstances, but I can refuse to give the circumstances the final say. How can we know we are on the right track? when the majority of our time is spent in worship and thanks instead of complaining. You see, God inhabits the praises of his people. 
These are not just words from a preacher in the pulpit. They are from me, a man who became an orphan and a widower in the same year. Sometimes I get tired and all I can bring myself to do is walk. But as long as he walks with me, I will not faint. I will trust him for new strength to carry on, fulfill the call, and finish well. So for the second time, Tony Evans was used by God to minister to me. He is expressing there gritty gratitude. (laughs) What is gritty gratitude? Well, the word gritty means courageous, resolute, determined. A gritty person is a person who is willing to endure whatever comes their way, to persevere, to keep pressing on no matter what. That's a gritty person. It sounds a lot like the Finns' sisu, actually. Gritty. And gritty gratitude is when we are thankful people and expressing thanks no matter what's going on. We are grateful to God even if. We're thankful to God even now. It's called gritty gratitude. It's a thankfulness that's not dependent upon how things are going. It's it's a gratitude that doesn't wait until things get better. It's a gratitude that's there through it all and is being expressed through it all. Gritty gratitude. But I don't know about you, I need help to practice that. That's difficult, this gritty gratitude. So I'm going to give you very quickly uh, four helps that we have available to us if we want to be people who practice this gritty gratitude. Four helps that we have available to practice gritty gratitude. The first one is this. We have a God we can trust. Never forget that. We have a God we can trust. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, there's that word all again, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Jesus in John 14 said to a bunch of troubled guys, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You trust God? Trust me. And friends, if you're a follower of Christ, one of the things that will help you and will help me practice gritty gratitude is that we have a God we can trust. He is sovereign. He's in control. You can trust him. He is all-powerful. You can trust him. He has a purpose in everything. You can trust him. He is always present. You can trust him. 
He's good. We've been singing about that. You can trust him. The quote here from Melissa Kruger, the bedrock of our rejoicing isn't the goodness of our day or our year, but the goodness of our Lord. That's why we give thanks. Not because the day's been good. Not because it's been a good year, but because we have a good God and he doesn't change. He's loving. God is love. You can trust him. He's faithful. You can trust him. He's always working, whether we can see it or not. Some people call it quiet providence. It seems like he's not even around, that he's not doing anything, but he's working quietly. Quiet providence. He's working. You can trust him. You don't have to see it to be thankful. You can trust him. And so... Don't lose sight of who your God is, okay? Don't lose sight of who he is. You can trust him. And that can help you. And it can help me practice gritty gratitude through it all. A second help that we have in practicing gritty gratitude, we have promises we can count on. God has given us so many promises that we can count on. Let me show you just a couple. Uh, In John, when Jesus was here, he gave a a pretty good promise. John chapter 16. Again, this was up in that little room, the night of Jesus' uh, betrayal and trial and crucifixion, uh, when he's with these troubled guys. And uh, he says in John 16, 33 to them, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus promised peace to his people. He wasn't dishonest. He said, you're going to have trouble in this world. It's going to be hard, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I have peace. I'll give to you in the midst of it. What a promise. And then in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that promise that is only for the people of God, not everybody in the world. Romans 8:28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. See the promise is for those who love him, for those who have been called. And the promise is that he will cause all things to work together for good. Isn't that a great promise? I can still remember Years ago, being in the hospital when Janine's sister was dying in intensive care. And I did not want to hear that chaplain quote this verse. Didn't want to hear it. But here's the weird thing. I was counting on it. Isn't that weird? I didn't want to hear anybody quote this verse to me. But I was counting on its promise. 
It's quite a promise. God will work all things for good to those who love him. And I'll throw one more in. There's a promise in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, from God himself. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't get any better than that as far as promises. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So, friends, if, if you want to be a person who practices this gritty gratitude through it all, You've got a God you can trust, and you have promises from him that you can count on. A third help, if you want to practice gritty gratitude, you have examples to follow. Being a person who practices gritty gratitude, who is able to persevere and be thankful and give thanks through whatever's happening, while it's happening, is possible because it's been proven by people throughout history. We have examples. One would be Habakkuk in the Old Testament. Here's a guy who had gritty gratitude. If you can find it, turn to Habakkuk. It's after Nahum. (laughs) It's before Zephaniah. Does that help? Habakkuk, chapter 3. Short little book. Habakkuk was a prophet. He was complaining about how far off the track his people had gone. God, are you going to do anything? And God says, yes, I am. I'm going to bring those evil, violent Babylonians, and they're going to conquer my people. And Habakkuk says, change my mind. You can't do that. They're worse than my people. But God says, no, that's what I'm going to do. But he does say, eventually, I will judge the Babylonians as well. And after hearing that, the book ends this way. At the end of verse 16 of chapter 3, Habakkuk says, I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation that's invading us. But they haven't invaded yet. So now he starts thinking about what's going to happen as a result of that invasion. Verse 17, Though the fig tree does not bud, And there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. That is greedy gratitude. Even if the Babylonians come and they conquer and all that we hold dearly and count on is gone and destroyed, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will continue to choose God as my refuge. That's gritty gratitude. An example for us. Another example in the New Testament would be the Apostle Paul. He practiced gritty gratitude all the time. He proved it's possible. In Philippians chapter 4, he's writing to the church at Philippi. And you have to remember where he is when he writes this. He's in prison. He's going through his own 2021. Sitting there in prison. 
And look what he writes in chapter 4 of Philippians, verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here Paul, in prison, is telling people to rejoice in the Lord and give thanks to him in prayer. An example of gritty gratitude. A man in prison still talking about thanksgiving. We have examples. We have Old Testament examples, New Testament examples, present-day examples, Tony Evans and others. And you probably have people in your life who you look to and say, wow, everything they're going through, and they can still give thanks to God. We all have examples of gritty gratitude. It's possible to be that kind of person. The people who are examples prove it. And that helps us to practice gritty gratitude. Fourth, another help we have is that we have hope that we can embrace. And you need to take this list of scriptures that's on your sheet. Take it home. If you're going through hard times, if, if you're running on weary right now, you need to spend a lot of time in this list of verses. Read them over and over. Reflect on them for a long time. Memorize them if you have to. Make them a part of your thought process. They will help you practice gritty gratitude no matter what's going on because they're about hope no matter what's happening. Let me just take you to one in the book of Romans. So we're jumping down in that list. Romans chapter 5. The Apostle Paul ends verse 2 with this statement. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, he says, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. And if you page over to chapter 15, in verse 13, Paul makes a statement. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how it happens, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the God of hope can give us hope that overflows. And that hope can help us be grateful people who give thanks no matter what's going on. We can practice gritty gratitude because we have hope that we can embrace. And then, of course, you have that wonderful statement in Hebrews 6 where the writer says, we have this hope as an anchor 
for our soul. You need an anchor right now? If you're going to practice gritty gratitude, if you're going to be a thankful person no matter what's going on, you need an anchor for your soul. And the writer of Hebrews says hope does that. Hope can be your anchor for your soul. No matter what the turbulence is in your life. We have hope that we can embrace. And that can help us to practice this gritty gratitude. Notice the quote from Charles Spurgeon at the bottom of your study sheet. He said, for humanity amid all its sorrows and sins, hope sings on. And because our hope abides, our praise continues. We can be grateful people because of hope. Because our hope abides, our praise continues. We can practice gritty gratitude. We have hope to embrace. If you take a glance up to the top right of your sheet, let me just, in case you don't read it, uh, read for you this quote by Dustin Crow. In the potholes of life. Isn't that a great way to describe it? In the potholes of life. Our situation might be tough, but it's never void of reasons for gratitude. With God, there are always reasons for gratitude. We have a God we can trust. We have promises we can count on from Him. We have examples we can follow. And we have hope we can embrace. We can practice gritty gratitude. Let me go back to 2021. Because I don't want you leaving here today thinking, oh, we've got to pray for Pastor Marlon. He is so discouraged right now. He's having a really tough time. I want to tell you the other side of 2021. In 2021, I had the privilege of marrying three couples. One of them. Each couple involved two people that loved Jesus. And what celebrations they were. In the midst of it all, in 2021. To experience those celebrations. Thank God. We have seen people come to Christ in 2021. Trust Christ for salvation. What a joy. Change lives in the midst of it all. We have seen Christians grow in their faith in amazing ways. Change. To the point where there were some men here, 20 were here. Thursday morning at 7 o'clock. And a couple of them talked about how there was a time when they would never have believed they'd be sitting on Thanksgiving at 7 in the morning with a bunch of men praying. God has been good, changing lives, growing His people in 2021. He's given us new friends, new special friends, in the midst of it all.
this summer we heard some amazing baptism testimonies that were a great blessing in the midst of it all in 2021. And I don't know about you, but I've been loved and encouraged all year long. Just to say that God is good, and no matter how tough it is, no matter how deep and heavy the grief, no matter how confusing it gets, no matter how harsh the emotional pain is of loss, no matter how many people say, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything you've done in my life, but now we're no longer going to be part of your life. God keeps working. And we can trust Him because He doesn't change. And because of that, we can have gritty gratitude. We can be thankful people. We can express that thanksgiving through it all. Because thanksgiving is not dependent on whether we have a good day or a good week or a good year. It's dependent on whether we have a good God or not. And we do have a good God who is always working. So I'm going to ask you to do something here. I've been honest with you. I'm not going to ask you to say anything. But... I want to close in prayer, and I want to pray for some of you that, if you're honest, you need prayer, okay? because this has been a tough year for you, a lot of different reasons, and you can probably relate to words I use, like confused, disappointed, discouraged, emotional pain, heavy grief, um, <laughs> wanting to get really mad. Um, you can relate to that, right? And you're running on weary right now. Feel like the tank is empty. And you think, I could never have what you're talking about, this gritty gratitude to be a thankful person through all this. You can. You can. I want to pray for you that you would take these four helps and uh, use them to become this person who is thankful through it all. So, before I pray, if you would like to be one of the pe people that I'm praying for, um, the only way I can know is if you would stand. We love each other. No big deal. Just stand. You're just saying, I need help. Um, it's tough. But I want to be a person who's thankful through it all. And I want people to know that and see that. Okay? So I want to pray for you. And uh, before I pray, if, if other people around these folks, whether you know them or not, could you go stand by them and just support them as I pray? So just look around. If there's someone near you standing, they need your support. Just go stand with them. Upstairs, down. Let's pray. Father, um, 
It's hard. We love you and we're so glad to be your children. And yet, Lord, as Jesus said, we live in this world where there's so much trouble and and it's hard for us too. And oh, do we want to be people that bring you glory by just being courageous enough and resolute enough and determined enough and committed enough to you that we will be grateful and we will express that gratitude in the middle of all this stuff that we're, we're experiencing. And Father, we know that, boy, that would bring so much glory to you. This world will start asking questions. They will want to know what's going on and what an opportunity. So, Lord, help us. I pray for these dear people who are struggling and it's just been so hard feeling weak. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to grab on to these, these four things that you've provided. A God they can trust. They can trust you, Lord. You'll never change. You'll be the same. You give us promises that we can count on. Thank you for them. May we just count on those promises and be so thankful. Father, may we think of those examples that have gone before us and even examples right now in our lives today who prove you can be a thankful person no matter what. May their testimony and their witness encourage these people. And thank you for hope. Thank you for the hope that comes from you that we can embrace, that becomes an anchor for our soul, Father. And so, Lord, on behalf of my brothers and sisters who have stood requesting this prayer, I just ask you to come upon them by your Holy Spirit in a powerful way. And, Lord, work in their life and give them thankful hearts through it all and for your glory. And may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in you, Lord, so that we could overflow with hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Remain standing for worship.